Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Midday Joy with Unati. In studio, we have our wonderful guest, Dr. Anela Siswana, our clinical psychologist. And we're highlighting child mental health awareness because it is that week started on the 1st and it ends on the 7th of February. Anela, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, thanks for having me, you too. It's a different feeling when you're in studio, so I appreciate <laughs> right. you so, so immensely. Great. How do we even begin a conversation that makes us feel uncomfortable as parents? As a generation that I think the first generation to speak about the rainbow community in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say the rainbow because I think heterosexual conversations must be amongst that. It mustn't be, it mustn't be heterosexual people saying the LGBTI community. No, we are all part of the rainbow community. Yes. But it's a conversation that does make us feel uncomfortable. Our parents never had it. We are the first generation to have it. And we have offspring. <laughs> Where do we even begin? Huh. I think one of the, as I was coming here, uh, I was wondering and thinking of my own experiences as a different child. Yeah. Um, ever since I was six years old, I've always known I was different. Yeah. And I didn't know and have a word to define what my difference meant. Yeah. For me yeah. and those who are around me. Oh. But you can, you always make a mistake. soft and all of that. So I'm thinking of a child now who is navigating gender incongruence that I, I have this assigned sex, mm-hmm. but I don't relate with it. I feel differently to what I am told I'm supposed to be. And what I see in and, front of me. Yes. And, and so for me, I think that has also brought me to this thing of thinking, instead of us talking broadly about trying to define this, I think we need to find an affirmative language than a corrective language oh. for these differences. Nuggets. So the Rainbow Nation with a, as a queer person, as one who has experience of that, and as, as someone who works with parents who say, how do I begin to, because it's a shock for themselves and mm. some of them are f- so in denial about what this is. Can we some, call a spade a spade? They can't even sometimes name it for yes. that my child is gender incongruent. They, they, what, what is this? What would it translate to? Can we speak about a truth that I think we never speak about? Great. Some of the parents are in denial because they know that they have suppressed themselves. Oh, definitely. Feelings and emotions that are now coming up in their children as well. So it speaks to identity as well, you know, and questions of, is it hereditary? Is it not? Is, definitely. you know, so many mm. different mm. opportunities. And that's when I find Oh, possibly then there's 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 the the bot- we're bo- we're getting to a bottleneck now when it comes to conversations around sexuality. Definitely, uh, especially in, in our black community, oh, come, sexuality is something that we always think about is male and female. Mm. It's binaries. It's all that which you assign gender means nothing else but that which it is, and then it gets inculcated or kind of um, overburdened by social constructs yeah. by culture I mean I have a friend Unati, who we went to Entabenisonke and now he came out she came out as a trans oh, woman so, so she beautiful. says I went to initiation for giving my family and society what it wanted mm. but even this circumcised penis it does not relate it doesn't resonate as you know as Mkosa we end up she says I, I've never seen myself as Dr. Mkosa mm. so then they say Lento and going through a cultural rites of passage um, to appease, to my, appease family. my family now 
Um, and interesting, I'm, I'm with my friend who is a trans man mm. that he always says to me, when you transition, it's not only you, but everybody around you transitions. Yeah, if you're not, it's, it's like when we speak of HIV, if you're not infected, you are affected. Definitely, definitely. So we need, uh, again, that affirmative language of normalizing. I love that. Being gay. Yes. It's okay to be emotionally and physically attracted to someone of your same sex. Yes. It's okay to be trapped in this body that I can't relate with it. Yeah. How then do we begin a conversation when your child or another says, Ahma, I, I don't relate with this body. Mm. How do you help me affirm that than wanting to correct me yeah. according to what you think is right and according to the script of how I've always desired to have a boy child how do we talk about intersex children so how do, how do we then speak to the parent who is possibly insecure about what they don't know because <laughs> that's another part of it right great great our children look at us mm-hmm. and and assume that we know everything definitely and part of the insecurity and the defense possibly comes from not not only possibly having disagreed with it historically but also not knowing enough to be a voice of reason and education where do we find then or how do you suggest we equip ourselves with this language that you are speaking mm-hmm. about affirmative language where do we learn more about the entire community and what it possibly could mean but also how it could possibly reveal itself through our family interactions and our family members mm-hmm. because I think part of the insecurity is that we haven't had these conversations with our parents and now we we are expected to to know more in, in a very objective way Sure, that's a, that's a loaded one, but I think it's 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 a personal and ethical responsibility that we see humanity for humanity, mm. not to see categories and labeling. Mm. And what, what the thing about the LGBTIQ community is that it, there are labels, mm. and these are the labels that make it so hard for people to have these resistances mm. because these then stereotypes having a child who's like this mm. then it means I need to understand this I need to name it I need to sit with the discomfort of being uncomfortable with my child expressing this mm. so the discomfort and this is, is even before you take it out into the world to the world yes that you as a parent you need to challenge your own stereotypes your own prejudices and the reason why we still have children that today when they come out mm. they we find them in the streets it is because of the ignorance sometimes yeah not because we are defensive but it's just that we choose not to give the script for what the child wants to express yeah but what we want to express mm. it becomes even worse now when the parent has his or her own insecurities and issues that make it so hard for them mm. to relate with this child, to love this child. Yeah. How do you love a child whom is a representation of your own projections? Who? How do you love a child who is you? But you, you're struggling to accept Yes, and, but you're struggling to accept you. And for me, I, I want my closing part to be... In everything that we do, I always remind parents that our children did not ask to be born. So at the very least, can we give our best, as imperfect as that best is, but may the intention in all our actions, explanations, and our uneasiness be love, understanding, growth, and remember, our children did not ask to be born. And my thing is always, beyond the sexual orientation, there's a human being. Ah. (laughs) 
beyond the human being. It is love. It is love. It is affection. <laughs> it is everything else that is joy. Created. Everything that's joy and blissfulness. Yeah. Yeah. I love you. I thank love you for joining you so us much. and thank you for being such a positive contributor this week. It's it's we would not have been able to do it without you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. That's our clinical psychologist, Doctor Anele Siswana. Midday Joy with Unati. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.